Welcome to Episode 2 of Murders, Mysteries, and More. I'm your host, Rudy Uribe Jr. I am humbled to announce that my latest submission to the Alfred Hitchcock Mysterious Photograph Contest was selected as another winner. This is my fourth win, and I am honored to be in that prestigious magazine in any capacity. My story, Let's Party, will appear in the November-December 2021 issue. Today, however, I'm going to share a story that is based on actual events. A few years ago, we had some new neighbors move in next door. I must admit it was a rocky beginning, and this story pokes fun at some of the things we had to endure. Some events are exaggerated for entertainment purposes. <laughs> and now, The Neighbors, by Rudy Uribe Jr. My wife thinks I'm obsessed with our new neighbors, but that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm not obsessed with them at all. I'm obsessed with getting even. It's taken me a full year to get to this point, but here I am. We moved into our house four years ago because it was a nice, quiet neighborhood. Our house sits in the foothills of California. I'll get more specific as we go along. We are at 1,360 feet above sea level. I know, because I bought an app for my smartphone that tells me so. That would put our neighbor's house at 1,362 feet above sea level. The whole point of mentioning the elevation is that from our house, we have a partial view of the valley. Even though our neighbors are two feet higher than us, their view is completely blocked by pine trees down the road. Therefore, our neighbors have no view. So the first thing they did when they moved in was to build an enormous deck that jutted out to the very end of their property line where they could see around the trees. The deck was huge and ugly, but it gave them their own partial view, a better view than we had. The deck has 12 3 by 3 foot concrete footings because they built it into the side of a hill. Unfortunately, it sticks out so far they can not only see the valley, they can look right into our backyard when they sit on it. Our neighbors like to yell at each other when they sit on their deck at midnight. I don't think they're mad at each other, I just think they're loud talkers. I thought of calling Building and Safety to see if they had a permit for their deck, but I wanted to be a good neighbor, so I let it go. My wife and I were watching a rerun of Gomer Pyle. It's the one where Sergeant Carter yells at Gomer when we heard barking next door. Turns out our new neighbors decided to buy a Doberman Pinscher for protection. Oh, he's a beautiful dog with shiny black and brown coat and a sweet disposition. Well, I sneak him a treat now and then through the fence so he gets to know me. The last thing I need is for Apollo to jump the fence and bite me. The book on Apollo is that he's a barker. He barks at anything that moves at any hour of the day or night. He likes to hang out in a dog run that is at the opposite end of our neighbor's bedroom and adjacent to ours. Imagine that. We can hear Apollo at 1, 2, and 3 o'clock in the morning. They cannot. Apollo doesn't bark for long stretches. He just barks often enough to wake us up in the middle of the night. Then he stops. My wife looked up the noise ordinance and, well, unless he barks for more than 10 minutes straight, there's nothing we can do about it. 
Well, I thought of calling animal control and lying about how long the barking goes on, but I want to be a good neighbor, so I let it go. It was 10 o'clock at night. My wife and I had just finished watching a rerun of the Beverly Hillbillies. It's the one where Ellie Mae brings home an animal? It was way past our bedtime, so we retired to the bedroom. Well, I love to sleep with the windows open. That's my thing. I've slept with the windows open my entire life. Furnaces, they're fine, but there's nothing like fresh air, especially on a cold winter's night in Los Angeles. Those 60-degree evenings are downright chilly, but the fresh air's worth it. We have a lot of critters running around our neighborhood. We have squirrels and skunks and raccoons and coyotes and bunny rabbits. Well, we don't have as many bunny rabbits since the coyotes moved down from the foothills, but that's another story. Anyway, I remember telling my wife I thought I smelled a skunk. That's not a skunk, she said. It's marijuana. Marijuana, I said. Well, how would you know? My wife just gave me one of those looks. From that day forward, our bedroom smelled like a dispensary. Oh, I know. Some of you are salivating right about now, but not me. I'm a law-abiding citizen and the odor of reefer makes me sick. My wife keeps reminding me that pot is legal in California. Mother of macaroni, excuse my language, but what is this world coming to? Well, I still thought of calling the police, figuring they had other substances in the house that weren't legal, but I want to be a good neighbor, so I let it go. Memorial Day was, well, shall I say, memorable. They decided to throw a party for their relatives, all 75 of them. They hired a DJ to play music in the backyard. Now, the decibel level of a jet taken off from an aircraft carrier is 130 dB. The decibel level of the party next door, if I had to take a guess, was 140 dB. Now, we have no problem with someone throwing a party. After all, life is meant to be enjoyed, but... When the DJ cranked the music as loud as it would go, I couldn't even think, much less watch an episode of Hogan's Heroes. You know the one where Hogan outsmarts Colonel Clink. Now, we have double-pane glass windows, so I ran around and closed every single one of them to no avail. I'm hard of hearing, but this sound was coming through loud and clear. It was only six o'clock in the evening on a Friday night, so it wasn't late or anything, but... The music was so loud, I thought of calling the police anyway. But I want to be a good neighbor, so I let it go. At 7 o'clock, there was a knock at our door. My wife and I were in our pajamas, and neither one of us wanted to answer it. Most of the time, it's the UPS guy dropping off my medications. But when someone shone a flashlight through the bevel glass, we figured we'd better get up and see who it was. My wife moves a little faster than me, so... She got to the door before I did. Excuse me, ma'am, but your music is too loud, the police officer said. I guess we weren't the only neighbors whose ears were bleeding. My wife pointed to her pajamas and said, Officer, do I look like I'm throwing a party? She then used her best hitchhiking thumb to point to the neighbors next door. Ten minutes later, the music stopped. Sweet potato crumb cake, excuse my language, but the silence was delightful. My wife and I settled in for the night to watch an episode of Columbo. 
It was the one where he says, pardon me, I don't mean to bother you. We were two-thirds of the way into the show when the music started up again. It wasn't as loud as before, but it was still loud enough to wake a gopher. The guests must have eaten dinner while the DJ took his break because it was now time for everyone at the party to smoke a joint. The odor wafted in through our double-pane windows in the family room. My wife and I have never laughed so hard at a Columbo episode in our lives. Mother of Pearl! Excuse my language, but things just haven't been the same since they moved in. Yeah, the 4th of July was another cause for celebration. Again, they had a party for visiting relatives. My wife and I like to stay home on the 4th, just in case something goes wrong with illegal fireworks. We live in the foothills of Northridge, and we're in a red flag area, also known as a fire zone. Well, guess who bought illegal fireworks? Oh, I won't keep you guessing. It was our neighbors. At first, the kids were running around with sparklers in the backyard. That was no big deal. I was doing that 60 years ago when I was a kid. They moved up to bottle rockets. Then they shot them 100 feet into the air, and only the wind current seemed to know where they would land. Apollo was shivering and shaking with each crackle and pop, but they didn't seem to care. My wife and I sat in the dark in our backyard, water hose at the ready. Fifteen minutes later, they moved up to full-fledged fireworks. You know, the kind you see on TV? The projectiles shot 300 feet in the air and exploded in a galaxy of colors. Offshoots of the main display filtered down, popping all the way to the ground. It was beautiful and stupid all at the same time. Minnesota mayflies, excuse my language, but who are these people? Well, I thought of calling the police, but I wanted to be a good neighbor, so I let it go. As we moved into September, the Labor Day weekend was upon us. My wife and I were watching an episode of Golden Girls. You know, the one where the girls sit around the kitchen table and talk? Anyway, a hundred people showed up next door for the party of parties. My wife and I don't even know a hundred people. Their backyard isn't that big, even with the deck extension. I figured they had to be violating some fire department ordinance. You know, the one that says you can't have more than 50 people in a room? I thought of calling the fire department, but I wanted to be a good neighbor, so I let it go. They must have had everyone dancing on the wooden deck because they gave way right in the middle of MASH. You know, the one where radar hears the helicopters before anyone else? Anyway, you've never seen such commotion in your life. Well, I thought of calling the police and the fire department, but our neighbors beat me to it. People were rolling down the hill, crashing into pylons and two-by-fours. The guests were yelping like hungry puppies. Apollo was going nuts. Oh, there were broken legs and mangled arms and a lot of cuts and bruises. My wife and I put on our slippers and stepped into our backyard to see what all the commotion was about. That turns out our neighbors built the deck without a permit. Imagine that. The firemen thought the weight and the dancing were too much for it. I know it's hard to believe, but my neighbors also had illegal drugs in the house. The drugs were on display for everyone to see. No warrant needed. Apollo's parents were taken away in handcuffs, charged with drug trafficking. Mother of mayhem, excuse my language, why couldn't our new neighbors be law-abiding citizens like me and my wife?
we finished watching an episode of Matlock. You know, the one where he buys a hot dog from a street vendor? And it reminded me I might want to cover my tracks. I walked into the garage, grabbed my trusty saw, and threw it in the trash can. Trash pickup day couldn't come soon enough for me. It wouldn't be long, I figured, before someone from Building and Safety or the insurance company discovered someone had tampered with the deck. It was really quite easy. I might be 83, but I can still jump a fence in under three minutes. Since most of my work was done under the deck, no one could see me from the house. Apollo barks all night anyway, so he isn't much of a watchdog, and besides, he's my buddy. I tossed him a few treats, and he kept me company. I used to work construction when I was younger, so I can spot a load-bearing timber easier than I can put on a Ronald Reagan campaign button. All I had to do was cut halfway through a few timbers and wait for the next party. That's all there was to it. My wife has no idea. She thinks it's karma. I still have a few good years left in me, and I heard they're bringing back Hawaii Five-O. You know, the one where McGarrett says, Book em, Dano! Well, I know these guys pissed off a lot of other neighbors with their illegal deck and their pot and their loud music. Anyway, the cops will have an entire neighborhood of suspects. I doubt they'll bother with an 83-year-old who puts his pajamas on at 6 o'clock in the evening. I thought of calling the police and turning myself in. But fuck them! I'm tired of being a good neighbor. So I let it go. I hope you enjoyed, I'm sorry, I hope you enjoyed The Neighbors. Almost every event happened to one degree or another. Of course, no timbers were cut and no one got hurt. Turns out they really are lovely people. Now, our next story takes a darker turn as we look in on a therapist and his patient. Here is Damaged Goods by Rudy Uribe, Jr. Jansen lowered the bifocals and studied his client. Tell me again how I ruined your life. Are you kidding? Look at me, Amelia said. I'm a mess. I don't eat. I don't sleep. And I'm divorced. All thanks to you. And I'm paying you a hundred dollars an hour for these inane questions. And how does that make you feel? Oh no. No, you don't. Don't you dare use that freshman line on me. Not at these prices. Tell me how it makes you feel to be stuck here with me. Every night, it's the same bullshit. All you do is ask questions. You never offer any solutions. Well, there was that one time, Doc. Do you remember? Indeed. You insisted I give you advice, and I told you my job was to help you solve your problems. But you gave me advice anyway, and it led to my divorce. Amelia's face flushed with anger. I did no such thing, young lady. Let's take a moment and revisit that session. Amelia placed both hands over her ears and shook her head. Na, 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 she screamed. You can't make me go back to that session. You can't, you can't, you can't. Dr. Jansen waited for her childish antics to play out. We have no choice, Amelia. It was that session that changed both our lives. Don't you see, if you don't confront the truth, you will never get well. 
Despite cupping her ears, she heard every word. Revisiting it won't help me. Why don't you just admit that my divorce was your fault? You're the one who told me to confront my husband. You said it would strengthen our relationship. Well, look at what it did. It fucked up my life and yours. The therapist uncrossed his legs and leaned forward. I've accepted my hell, he said. You're the one whose life is fucked up. How dare you talk to me like that? I can use any obscenity I want. I'm paying for this crap. But you are not allowed, am I clear? He jotted something in his notebook. Amelia snatched it from his hand. The patient is easily agitated? That's what you wrote? After all these years, you refer to me as the patient? You son of a bitch. You told me to confront my husband. You fucked up my life. And now look at me. Look at what you've done. They should disbar you or whatever it is they do to incompetent therapists. Amelia, you have to stop lying to yourself. She sprung from her chair and ran to a bookcase. She grabbed a textbook, rifled through the pages, and flung it to the floor. She repeated the act a dozen times until a dozen volumes were splayed open on the carpet. Where in any of these does it tell you to lie to your patients? Where? She walked to the door. I want out, she said. This session is over. Amelia, you know that's not possible. I run this show. I tell you when the session is over. She pounded on the oak door, screaming for someone to let her out, but no one heard. She walked to the armchair, cradled her face, and cried. Why won't you help me? I'm trying, Dr. Jansen said, but you need to be willing to go back to that pivotal moment. Okay, fine. Let's go back and get this excruciating session over with. You told me that your husband had been seeing another woman. You told me you wanted to confront him, but you were afraid he might leave you. Amelia squirmed in her chair. I asked what it was about his leaving that worried you, and you told me you didn't think any other man would ever love you. Do you remember that? Amelia nodded. I then asked you what you thought you should do. Do you remember what you told me? Amelia stood and walked back to the door. She pounded weakly with both fists and whispered, Please let me out, please. Again, no one responded. She shuffled back, her eyes downcast, and she sat. Extended periods of silence were common during their sessions. At last she spoke. I told you I had to end my nightmare. I told you it was time for me to take my life back. That's right. And what did I tell you? You told me for every action there was a reaction and I had to be prepared to live with the consequences, good or bad. And what did you say? I told you I couldn't live with my husband's cheating any longer. That's right. And when you confronted your husband, it was you who demanded a divorce. You stood strong and told him you were ending the marriage. Yes, I remember how proud I was of myself until he walked out on me. And then what did you do? She looked her therapist in the eyes. 
I blamed you for the divorce. That's right. Do you recall what happened next? I walked into your office, and I shot you. You killed me, he corrected her. And that is why I am haunting you. He pulled out his pocket watch. Well, it looks as if our time is up. That will be all for now, Amelia. You can go, but remember, we have a standing appointment every night for the rest of your pathetic life. Life is sometimes more challenging than the stories we write. So stay positive, adopt an attitude of gratitude, and smile. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Rudy Uribe Jr. Thank you.